Hey everybody, and welcome to the Wealth Effect Podcast, where we discuss methods, strategies, and tactics to protect and compound your wealth. I'm your host, Matt Fabian, and I'm here to help you create your own wealth effect. Hey everyone, Matt Fabian here with the Wealth Effect Podcast. We're set for a release of a ton of economic and business data this week. U.S. consumer confidence, U.S. Q2 GDP, Euro area inflation and Q2 GDP, U.S. personal consumption expenditures, consumer spending, as well as a slew of major corporate Q2 earnings, such as Apple, Alphabet, Amazon, and Microsoft. However, the spotlight will be on the Fed's interest rate decision and press conference on Wednesday. Heading into this week, many leading economic indicators suggest that growth is decelerating due to rising prices, geopolitical events, and the natural deceleration of a strong recovery. This week's Fed meeting and the GDP report for the second quarter will shed more light on how urgently the central bank will tackle inflation in light of these economic challenges. We've been monitoring for or mentioning for some time now that the Fed is caught between a rock and a hard place as it tries to balance historic inflation levels with a slowing economy. There are wide-ranging implications for investors, especially with the stock market at more attractive levels. Typically, GDP reports are closely followed but entirely backward-looking since they reflect events that took place the previous quarter. GDP reports can shed light on the magnitude of the impacts on consumer, business, and government spending, as well as trade activity. However, this week's report will be scrutinized for another reason, whether or not it will be the second consecutive quarter of negative growth, which many consider to be the definition of a a recession. The current consensus estimate among economists is that the economy grew by only a half a percent in the second quarter. Even if this turns out to be wrong, this would not be unexpected given the rising rate of inflation. What is driving this inflation, how long it will last, and who is politically to blame are all matters of heated debate. One contentious area since the pandemic emergency economic policy response has been the money supply and whether its growth has driven prices higher across the economy. In the show notes, I put on a graph the GDP, M2 money supply, and the velocity of money. The graph shows that the money supply has grown significantly since 2020. Shown on the graph is nominal GDP coming in at $24.4 trillion, M2 money supply at $21.8 trillion, which was around $15 trillion prior to the pandemic, and money velocity, which is at 1.1, and pre-pandemic was about 1.5. Adding context to the money supply, M2, which includes components such as U.S. currency, checking and savings accounts, as well as money market funds. This measure has risen dramatically as Congress and the Fed responded to the pandemic. However, unlike oil's cost, which has driven gasoline prices higher for consumers and businesses, the jury is still out on the long-term effects of loose monetary policy. Historically, inflation has been worsened or prolonged by central bank errors. If too much money is chasing the same amount or fewer goods and services, then the prices of those goods and services will rise. But the supply of money is only one factor here. 
The concept of velocity of money matters as well. This measures how many times each dollar flows through the system. If there are many more dollars, but they, but they move through the system fewer times, then growth and inflation could remain the same. This is one reason that the stimulus after the crisis of 2008 never spurred inflation. Velocity fell as banks held onto reserves and slowed their lending activities. We have also observed this over the recent period. The velocity of money has plummeted because nominal growth has not picked up faster than the growth in money supply. The next chart in the show notes are major currencies uh, around the globe. And showing the U.S. dollar index and how it can naturally tighten economic conditions as well. All of that is fairly technical, but there's a simple point. Fed actions affect the economy with a long lag and can often impact consumers and businesses in unexpected and indirect ways. For example, interest rate hikes have helped strengthen the U.S. dollar to the point that even the euro is hovering around parity, which has two implications for inflation and growth. First, the strong dollar is great news for American travelers and consumers buying foreign goods, who will find that their currency goes much further. This naturally lowers inflation since the prices that consumers will pay will decline. In theory, a stronger dollar reduces oil prices since that commodity, oil, is predominantly denominated in U.S. dollars on the global market. Second, a strong dollar slows the domestic economy somewhat since foreign buyers will find U.S. dollar-denominated products and services are more expensive. This can also drive inflation downward since there will be less demand for certain goods and services. Thus, a stronger dollar naturally tightens financial and economic conditions, which may slow the economy, but more importantly, combat inflation. The next chart in the show notes are the yield curve and leading economic indicators, which currently suggest that the economy is slowing. On this graph, we can see leading economic indicators coming in at a growth rate of only 1.4% which have backed off its previous growth rate of about 2% earlier in the year. Additionally, we have the yield curve and its steepness, which is currently inverted, meaning we have short-term interest rates higher than long-term interest rates. This is, generally speaking, negative for the future economic outlook as well as a potential predictor of an oncoming recession. Of course, the challenge lies in the balance between battling inflation and preventing a deep recession. Fortunately, corporate earnings and consumer balance sheets remain strong, increasing the argument that any recession may be mild. Regardless of the exact outcome, though, market prices have been adjusting accordingly. The S&P 500 is still hovering slightly above bear market levels, bringing valuations to their most attractive levels in years. However, should these trends continue, that would not be unprecedented given the macroeconomic backdrop of tightening monetary and fiscal policy, rising interest rates, also an inverted yield curve, a strong dollar, slowing or contracting economic growth, and high single-digit inflation levels. So what is the bottom line? 
While there will be many economic news headlines crossing our screens this week, with particular attention to the Fed's monetary policy decision and press conference, most of all this data is noise in the context of successfully building, protecting, and compounding one's wealth over time. I'm your host, Matt Fabian. Thanks for tuning in, and happy wealth generation. Investment advisory services are offered through Fabian Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. Nothing discussed during the show should be viewed as investment advice. Everything discussed is generic, non-specific, non-tailored information. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please reach out to us at info at FabianWM.com or call us at 925 322-2450.